is Kelly with a million pages. And Lindsay with the adventures of a bibliophile. And together, we're pages of a bibliophile. Yeah! Hey everyone, welcome to episode 4 of Pages of a Bibliophile, where we will be covering Flame in the Mist by Renee Audier. I have several important announcements to bring to you. Most importantly, we were going to have Renee Audier on the show this upcoming episode that we're recording right now, but unfortunately, due to scheduling conflicts, it's book tour season, everybody's out of school, everybody is, for teachers at least, out of work, so unfortunately because of scheduling conflicts, it was just easier if we postponed it till this fall, so we are shooting for October, November, to. Um, so unfortunately it was just easier for her to record an interview in October, November, so we are shooting for this fall for that, so look for that coming up. Also, we are still doing our quarterly book club remember we're doing Monday's Not Coming by Tiffany D. Jackson and Kelly and I actually are getting the pleasure to speak with her on August 8th and we are doing a giveaway for our quarterly book club it will be released August 1st yes so make sure to check Instagram for details on that giveaway so that you can get your own hardback copy because we all know book lovers we love Mm -hmm. our hardbacks yes Um, that will be coming up on August 1st Yes, so everybody stay tuned to our Instagram so you guys, you can get your free copy of Monday's Not Coming and join us on our quarterly book club adventure. So today we are covering Flame in the Mist. Um, it is set in feudal Japan, which is something kind of new for me. I There's not a whole lot of books about feudal Japan, or Japan for that matter. Right. right? It's new for me too. Um, but I definitely enjoyed the Japanese setting. I thought it was really beautiful the way that it was described. Absolutely. So we are following along as Mariko is betrothed, and Mariko's uh, convoy on her way to her wedding is attacked. Yes, and her favorite maid, Yumi, is killed. Is it Yumi? Yeah, like right in front of her. Yeah, it was really brutal. And she, you know, there is she's the... She's a noble's daughter. She is. She's a noble's daughter. She's never had to work. She's had a very privileged upbringing. And so for her to witness this, the atrocities of battle right in front of her was really interesting to see her perspective on that and to see how quickly she adapted. Yeah, you can tell like she has led a very sheltered life, um, kind of like in a bubble where when you're younger, you think your family does no wrong, everything's hearts and rainbows and then she's like on her way out and all this murder and destruction happens and her first obviously thing to do is to survive mm-hmm. but she is destined to figure out who is behind the attack so that kind of leads her into the black clan mm-hmm. which is like you know the bad guy setting which it's just I- a band of bandits it is and i'm always i'm the weird one that always likes the villains like maleficent is my favorite disney character ever before it was even the movie with angelina jolie i just was fascinated with her ursula i was obsessed with her when i was younger and so i just love how they give the backstory of the black clan to make them to make you understand because it's like so kelly and i were talking about this so flame in the mist is a lot like mulan but it's also very much like robin hood Yes. And one thing that I thought was interesting is that her her father is a samurai, and so is her brother. Her brother is a very renowned warrior. And so I do find it interesting that while she has this sheltered life, she also has this 
um, exposure to samurai life and samurai values and um, I can't remember what they call it. They call it the, there's like a specific word that they called it. I didn't write it down. It's okay. But she's, per, she's exposed to the values that the samurais live by, their life values, their morals, their code. And I do find it interesting that she adapts that to her situation. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Uh. So as she's like trying to break into this black clan, because she thinks that they are responsible for this convoy break-in, um, she has to be, become a boy mm-hmm. because they won't take her in if she's a girl and the danger of her being a woman alone in feudal japan i mean in the forest this is like some dark dangerous forest basically definitely kind of robin hood-esque so um she has to become a boy which has its own set of issues as i'm sure you can imagine because she can't like undress or anything and then she gets caught in these weird situations and and you know she's a young girl she's 16 she's gonna have feelings for these guys i mean she's obviously attracted to men um she's very vocal about that but it's just interesting to see how and that's where the mulan tie-in comes in it's very interesting to see how she has to hide all of this to survive and she's very strong and independent. She has these, like, amazing ideas about weaponry, and she's, like, engineering different things for the Black Clan. So most of them want to take her in, but then you get those few who are like, no, we don't take in any newcomers. And one of them is Okami. So Okami comes into play, and they, as you can guess, fall in love. Because that's what all good young adult books do. Because... <laughs> God forbid you don't have a good relationship to base your whole life off of. Yes. Um, And that was kind of my issue with this book. If you read reviews, a lot of them talk about how this is a very, like, feminist movement book based on, you know, oh, she's strong, independent, she's hanging with all these guys. But she's, like, the only main woman role in this book. Um, All the other women play small like roles throughout and it's usually like geishas or there's or geishas in training like geikos yeah and i i'm gonna go off on a tangent so up next next month's episode the hate you give um you will see kelly go off on a tangent which i loved i I loved (laughs) it i mean it's true we all are passionate about things i'm gonna go off for a second my thing is, I 100% agree with Kelly. This was not a feminist book to me. Absolutely. I'm just going to be bold and honest. It was not a feminist book. What it was, was the exposure of a strong female versus a female having to rely on a man to survive. But in the end, she actually did have to rely on men to survive. So it's not even that wholly in the story, if that makes sense. And I won't spoil the ending, but in the end, she ends up like being the cook. Yeah, and... In the battle scene. And I was like, how is that feminist rights? She's cooking. Exactly. Put her back in the kitchen where she belongs, barefoot and pregnant, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, it just frustrated me. I 100% agree with Kelly. I would have been a lot... It would have been a lot more refreshing for me to see the Black Clan be a group of women warriors or, you know, some uh, something Amazonian. Yes. But not that. And, you know, it could... I just felt like this storyline could have had so much more promise if 
the warriors maybe were female or maybe there was a same-sex love scene well maybe not a love scene but a storyline yeah there really just wasn't there was wasn't feminist to me it wasn't there was a lot more opportunity not that same sex always has to be you know you get the stereotype of the raging lesbian feminist not that it has to be that but i'm just saying that there were a lot of opportunities within this novel to approach a variety of values and a variety of diverse cultures and the only culture we really explored was feudal japanese culture yeah it just kind of left me feeling okay well that was a good story but yeah and I read Smoke in the Sun Kelly hasn't read it and I told her that whole thing and I love Renee Audia she was fantastic her writing is amazing but I do feel like the whole story of Smoke in the Sun could have been like a two chapter epilogue I really do I mean I was so like okay we get it we get it so I'm not saying don't read it, but I'm just saying don't read it if you're wanting something really deep. And and I ended up skipping that one because she kind of gave me the cliff note version of what happened because it really took me a long time to read Flame in the Mist. I don't know if I like wasn't in the mindset for it because I have been wanting to explore more um, like historical fantasy type fiction, but it, I mean, you know, I kept having to like force myself into reading it. I already released it. So as you know, we've already covered Star Touch Clean, and I believe that we're just a little bit biased because we we both read that one first. And we read it so fast. We did. And, you know, they're both wonderful writers, but I cannot think of another word except enraptured and enthralled in the world that Roshani Jocksey created versus and I'm not trying to compare everybody's different everybody's writing styles are different and that's okay but I do feel like if you read Star Touch Queen first and then you read this there are definite similarities with arranged marriages which is our topic of the month but I do feel as though even though they have same the topic is the same they approach it in wildly different manners and I was kind of thrown off because if you read just the like the summary beforehand of what the book is going to be about it talks about like alchemy and things like that it didn't touch on that really for me like in a major way not in a major way no it was kind of like a side piece to the story and I just felt like it needed more detail and like you were saying world building because I wasn't invested yeah because Yoshi is the cook in the black clan and he's very much into alchemy and I will say that alchemy comes more into play in the second book so maybe that's what it was Maybe she had already, like, prepared the second book. I don't know, but I just find it interesting that she went from having a few conversations with Yoshi to trying to break people out of prison in the second book. Sorry, spoiler alert, but, I mean. And see, I just, I didn't even want to keep reading to the second book, so. Yay for you for finishing the second one. Yeah, I try to be good because we were going to be talking to her in July, but, um. And the thing is, too, is I'm just going to go off on one small, like, 30-second tangent here. I really am so tired of, and Kelly and I, I think, alluded to this in the very beginning, I'm so tired of it having to be a love story, and I'm so tired of there having to be sexual scenes. Like, there, there's a scene in Flame in the Mist in the Hot Springs, and I just, that's not necessary. Like, it's not necessary for these girls to think that you have to have sex to express your love, or it's not necessary to have, you know, this 
put this idea of passion into these girls' head. Yes, do we? does everybody deserve to have passion? Absolutely. But if you don't want it or if you don't have it. Or you're 16 years old and maybe not ready for it. There's nothing wrong with that. And you shouldn't have to stress about it. I mean, I was very fortunate to find the love of my life at 19. I wasn't expecting it. It hit me like a freight train. But, I mean, looking back on it, I could have enjoyed that passion a lot more if I was a little bit more mature. So I feel like the young adult authors have this responsibility to their readers to approach topics in an age-appropriate way. And I feel like as adult young adult novels are getting bigger, that appropriate line is being kind of blurred. I feel like some of these writers would be better in the adult world, but... And maybe that's another thing genre-wise that we'll move to. Like, instead of young adult, maybe it's college age level because some of these books like I would not want my 12 13 14 year old reading like A Court of Thorn and Roses is my favorite young adult quote-unquote series but I mean A Court of Mist and Fury chapter 50 is like legendary in the A Court of Thorn and Roses world because of how sexually explicit it is and I definitely feel it's more along the lines of Laurel K Hamilton or Sherilyn Kenyon than it is young adult I would not want I mean maybe even high school college level like you're saying but yeah anyway I'm sorry for that tangent guys but I just am tired of things being branded feminist or diverse or just love stories being thrown down people's throats absolutely (laughs) all right guys well we gave our reviews so we're going to take a couple of minutes and give y'all a break from hearing our voices and then we will be back talk about the topic and our book recommendations that are similar to this novel. Before we move on and discuss any books that we may recommend on the same topic or what we are covering in our next episode, we would absolutely love to hear from you. Please check out our Facebook and Instagram at Pages of a Bibliophile. You can also check out our Patreon account, Pages of a Bibliophile, for outtakes and blooper reels. If you've listened to the last episode, then you know that we covered the Star Trek Queen and arranged marriages. So on that topic, we know that Mariko was going to be led into her betrothal based on what her father decided she has a very uh, minimalistic view of her family she thinks that they do no wrong that her dad would never make a bad choice for her that everything's kind of laid out perfectly by her family as she's um adventuring i guess we will say with the black clan she kind of starts to figure out that isn't necessarily the case there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes that she is not aware of So I think not only does it make her question, like, her raising and everything that she's been taught, but it starts making her question, okay, well, then why am I doing this, basically? Which is great, but then in the end, spoiler alert, she's like, okay, I'll marry you still. Yeah. I completely agree with what Kelly is saying here, and even in Smoke in the Sun, spoiler alert, she goes into like she adapts it's like she just naturally goes into this expected role of hers 
and she's just like, okay, I'm going to be this um, fiancé, this betrothed. I'm going to play the queen, or she's not really the queen, but she plays this role of dutiful wife, dutiful daughter, and there's not a lot of room for independent thought, and I mean, to an extent there is, because she is really smart, and she does think ahead, but the thoughts don't match the actions. And I mean, she even says in the book that she was only raised for the purpose of being married. Cattle. And so... I would think with all that adventuring you were doing in the Black Clan and, you know, falling in love with someone else, you wouldn't choose arranged marriage to, like, solve all your problems. Yeah, and even in the book, spoiler alert, you know we talk about that here, she talks about how she gave away her purity to a stable boy just to have the upper hand on her parents. So it's like this idea of the only thing that she has to offer is her. Yeah. And it's like, no. There's so much more, especially because of how smart she is. Like, she's building all these weapons, this, like, star pool thing that they talk about. Mm -hmm. I mean, she has the ingenuity to be more, want more, do more. But she settles for this life but I mean I do feel like in the beginning like at the very beginning there is a moment of savagery with her where she takes out that guy's eye remember she stabs him through the eye yeah and so you're expecting her to be this like badass and then she's like "Mm, okay I had my moment yeah I met my quota for my life I think that's why it took me forever to read because I was like expecting that girl throughout the whole book and it's okay to be a girl and a warrior and tough and like gross things. Yeah. And I just feel like, okay, so this is how she's presented as this like dolled up betrothed going to meet her, you know, ar- you know, arranged marriage husband. And then next thing you know, she's stabbing somebody in the eye. And the next thing you know, she's cutting off her hair and binding her boobs to look like a dude to fit in with a black clan. And then she goes back into the women role. It's just this whole paradox of survival versus expectation yeah i mean i just don't think that that covers it for me there's not really much else Mm -mm. i wish i could say more positive yeah yeah. i wish i could be more positive i loved renee audier i just when i'm when i saw her speak at nttbf i mean she was amazing but mm. so we will try her other series the Wrath and the Dawn was really good. I did read The Wrath and the Dawn. So I haven't read that. That will be more what we discuss with her in October or November. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Because the second one just came out, I think. I think so, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's supposed to be out. Yeah. So that wraps it up for Flame in the Mist and Arranged Marriage. Um, so now we'll move into our book recommendations. Um, mine isn't exactly like Flame in the Mist. I kind of went for more of a historical fantasy type um, book. If you haven't heard of them, it's the Jacoby series by William Littler. I just finished the third in the series, I think. Um, they are great. They're like Sherlock Holmes, but woman. You know, they've got like a strong woman lead in them. And guess what? They're not in love. So that's awesome. Um, and it just kind of has that historical element because he does tie in everything to like back in the day. So I really, really like it. Hopefully you will too. What about you? 
I love Jacoby, by the way. Um, before I go into my recommendations, she is the one that told me. Actually, no, I'm sorry. I love you to pieces, but no. Um, my school librarian told me about Jacoby. I love Jacoby. Actually, I didn't know you liked Jacoby until it was just this moment. I was realizing yeah, I that. Yeah, I really like it. I love Jacoby. And you're right. It's nice not to have a love interest. Anyhow. Hey, um, look at that. That's two recommendations and one. So you know it's good. Yeah. It's amazing. Uh, and I've also recommended it to a ton of. I've also recommended it to a ton of my kids, and they have devoured the series. Yes. So my recommendation is more along the lines of Feudal Japan. It's Memoirs of a Geisha by Arthur Golden. Is it middle school level? Absolutely not. But I have seen it been, um, but I have seen it covered in high school, and and you could probably use excerpts from it too. Absolutely. Um, but for sure, Memoirs of a Geisha. That's what it reminded me of, besides Mulan, but Mulan's not a book, and I guess Robin Hood, but... Yeah, I've never read Robin Hood, and I probably need to. Yeah, I haven't. So, that's on our to-do list, along with about a million other things to read. Um, keep in mind, we still would love to hear from you for any book recommendations that you have for us. And upcoming next episode will be, like Lindsay said previously, The Hate You Give, Stay tuned for my rant that I hope you enjoy. It's amazing. She's so smart. <laughs> this is why we do this together. I don't know about that, but we would love to hear your opinion. You can also check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or our Patreon page. And thank you for joining us today. Have a great week. We can do